Welcome to Cool Ass Conversations. Sitting here having another amazing conversation with two yeah. of my favorite people. And we just wanted oh. to let you in on the dynamic of how we sit and relate all the time. Absolutely. So we've been talking about lots of things today. We've been talking about um, relationships and how we move through our world and how yeah. our new understanding of things is just constantly impacting our ability to understand one another better and other people That's and our right. ability to share and help because we all are coming from this um, this air, this uh, desire to want to help everyone Absolutely. be better and know the love that we get to experience all the time. That's true because so. I think, I feel like <clears throat> to a large degree, you know, our personal journeys um, and the development on those journeys um, now that we have converged at this point it's mm -hmm. such a refreshing thing to be able to listen to you guys and hear um, the lessons that you learned from the paths that you tried it and to also have some space to be able to offer my perspective to the same mm -hmm. yes yes um, we though we've taken different paths we kind of arrived at a, a a similar point yeah and a similar focus yeah. you know it's um, back to that convergence yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. I think the the energy on the planet you know is is headed in that direction talk and, about it you know we because we find ourselves drawn to a certain type of energy yeah. yeah and the the beauty of it is it forces you almost to to disallow or tune out anything that's not in the positive space or going towards uh, a positive solution. You know, you want to, mm -hmm. I personally have always been drawn to things that are. Gotcha. No problem. Uh, yeah. So I was in the process of what was I saying? <laughs> um, so anyway, we got to this point. Oh, was so the the energy on the planet and disallowing things that are not negative. Oh, negative or uh, having anything positive, you know, to add to the culture or even creating the culture, you know, or the necessity of introducing, you know, things that will lead to solutions and I what I was saying was um, I've always been of a solution oriented mind mm -hmm. in in terms of not having not sitting endlessly and just pointing things out yeah. Yeah. you know just okay this is what's wrong this is what's wrong this is what's wrong this is right. what's wrong right. I get that right. yeah but and okay I, and I like how you say that being solution oriented because it just struck me in a different way you're right I'm I know I'm very solution oriented mm -hmm. but I also I think it's also born out of a, a desire to feel like I'm constantly moving forward yeah. that I'm not stagnating staying in place yeah. that I yeah. am evolving That's good. Um, yeah. and I know my thirst for knowledge has always been you know I have questions I want to know how things work I want to know how can we improve this how can we yeah. do this better how can we get better results or how can I have a better experience to help other people get a better experience um, because there there are no cookie cutter solutions mm -hmm. even though the answers may all be the same when applied across our range of experience sure. it's you're constantly needing to reintegrate and understand yeah. how and what those dynamic and intricacies are right I think that's why I love these types of conversations because <clears throat> the, my, my, my tradition teaches that you overcome not only by the blood of the lamb as they love to we love to talk about mm -hmm. but it also talks about the words of their testimony mm -hmm. and so I see value in hearing people share with me how they've solved or overcome mm -hmm. the test in their lives so I oh, like yeah. to hear some of how you guys have managed to become unstuck in your pathway, right? Through your process. Yeah. Well, I guess first I'd have to figure out where I've felt stuck. So give me a second on that one. No problem. But I can certainly give you, I mean, something that just happened this morning. Okay. Um, because I use my children as a lot, as an example often. They don't okay. know it. <laughs> They're about to find out. <laughs> I'm sure I'll hear it later. It is what it is. 
but um, but they are closest. You know, they're they're a close um, relation because of their close relationship to me and my my um, frequency of interaction with them. I'm constantly being presented with these scenarios where in which I have to apply what I know or what I have now learned okay. and they have always mm -hmm. been on my journey because I've been in a, like metaphysics since I was young and just maybe a couple of years before I even started to have kids so they've always been there as right. I've been coming into this knowledge so right. one of them was <clears throat> I had had um, a stressful interaction with one of my sons recently and I had to get on them about something and but I had to catch myself I had to check myself because I needed to make sure that a I understood that the, first of all the response I was having was based in some fear of something somewhere okay. and I was afraid of you know um, some poor decisions being made that weren't mm -hmm. gonna honor by him, our, by him okay. that weren't gonna honor our experience as a family okay. and mm -hmm. Then, you know, we had a conversation to kind of resolve it because my other son was playing uh, uh, therapist, <laughs> which I appreciated. I thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, you're the one playing? Really? Okay. <laughs> so, but I understand his desire for harmony is great and it Absolutely. was fantastic. And this is not, this is such an uncommon experience with mm. the three of us anyway. Really? Because usually we're so in tune you know, and I'm very unconditional with them as a norm. Mm. So I found myself actually trying to assert a condition. And then I was asked mm. to, well, state your conditions. And I was like, not willing to do that because conditions really aren't in my belief system. Mm. This is not how love works. If I have to tell you how to do something or what is expected, um, I, I'm pigeonholing, I'm restricting the interaction and I wanted to be as free and um, ungoverned you know by fear or control or manipulation as possible I want you to do it because it felt good for you to do it I don't want you to do it because I said you had to do it right. and so he was expressing that he had you know made this decision um, on his own volition and mm -hmm. he was like I just didn't think about it it honestly just didn't cross my mind and at some point during a conversation I was like I don't believe that and and I I felt bad later having said that to him because I was like that's not fair I just told my child that I don't trust him and I don't ever want him to think that his mother doesn't trust him and so I went back and I was Powerful. like I just wanted to apologize he was like what are you apologizing for because we're cool that's and fine. I was like you know, I just wanted you to be clear that I do trust you. I right. trust your judgment. I trust your ability to make choices that honor yourself and the family. I trust that, you know, I trust your intelligence. I trust your intentions. Right. I trust your, um, you know, your basis of understanding. And I don't want, you, I didn't want you to walk away thinking that mom doesn't trust me about something right. because I do. And it wasn't cool that I said that to you. And I apologize. And he was wow. like, okay. You know, um, and I told him, I said, you know, as a dynamic of adulthood and child and parenting, there's lots of opportunity for us to feel guilty. <laughs> and I don't like feeling parental guilt either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I messed somebody up. I, I contributed yeah. to somebody's dysfunction down sure, the road. Sure. I don't want to be that person because sure. that I know plenty of those, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> so um, That's so powerful, yeah. guys. I, 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 I'm going to tell you, I mean, to me, the the demonstration that that was for your son, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like for him. Does he have children? Not yet, okay. but they're working so, on it. So, I mean, but just think about mm -hmm. what, what his role as a father looks like in the future, having right. had that encounter mm -hmm. with you. Um, it makes me think about relations and experiences with my children, a lot of light bulbs that popped on mm -hmm. for me similarly yes. um just engaging my babies yes and I, I think i mentioned in one of our previous discussions how i kind of came up with this attitude that i shouldn't listen to kids kids had nothing to contribute to uh the greater the to the big picture of course they were to be a part of everything mm -hmm. there to be loved there to be protected provided for but i didn't see them as vessels whose opinion, 
whose uh, interest, whose ideas even was equivalent to mine. Oh, wow. And so to hear you talk about, and, and, and honestly, yeah. I wasn't raised yeah. to, uh, in, you know, with, with a father or mother who intentionally taught me these things. Right, I didn't right, go right. and get instruction from school where, you know, they I sat in class and they told me, uh, you know, to, to not think and, and, and if you do think, think mm -hmm. like this. Right. But I think during the period in which I came up, um, I was very much molded by the idea in society that that rendered us or made us feel like it was best to remain hidden mm. or invisible. Yeah, children and are to be seen and not seen heard. Seen and not heard, yes. right? Not heard. And so the value <laughs> yes. I hear you demonstrating even in that in that relationship. And then lastly, mm -hmm. as a father, one of the greatest lessons I got, light bulb came on for me similarly like you just mentioned, but I was actually studying the text and it's right there in the book. Mm -hmm. It repeatedly says it, fathers, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged mm -hmm. I read that a thousand times and never saw how that thing situated with me as the dad and how uh, discouraging your children mm -hmm. how can you discourage your children what does discouragement leave your mm -hmm. children feeling and as I heard you speaking it's it's a lack of confidence in themselves and in their ability Absolutely. to choose what's in their best interest. So I just saw a kinship to that wisdom as well as what you just described. Yeah. No, I've always, um, especially with my kids growing up, when they've always heard from me, you own your life. Mm. I'm just mm. here to help facilitate. So you always get a say yeah. in your experience. And if you don't like it, we can change it because yeah. it's just stuff. Yeah. But. I need to make sure you're okay. Yeah. And then I would check in with them. Hey, are you okay with this? Is this is this okay that we still are doing this? Sure. Do you still want to even do this? Sure. You know, because it's your life. I don't care if it's track or going to live with someone, you know, going on a trip or <laughs> living with your, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Because they had to at some point yeah. leave my, where I was living when after I had left their dad, le leave where I was living and then go live with their dad. Well, we did a trial and then they came back for a while and I was like, okay, so how was it? Do you think it's something you can sure. deal with? Is you know, are, are you going to be okay? Do you feel like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. you could thrive there. Like, I've all, and they were young, but they, at 11, yeah, you have a say in your life. Absolutely. It's That's your good. life. It's not mine. That's right. That's beautiful. I, it's God. disrespectful for me to assume that I know better than yeah. why you came here. Yeah. And I have always thanked my children for coming. Thank right. you for choosing me as your parent. Right. Thanks for being a part of my experience. I really appreciate it. Well, see, that's that. funny because I think about that juxtaposed the saying that I'm sure all of us have heard. I brought you in this world. Right. <laughs> I'll take you out. You know what I mean? Now, I never heard that at home. I God bless you, home, Pops and, and Beloved. <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely understood. Yeah. You will be took up out of here. Now, you yeah. talking about, right. what did you just say? Your kids, what? Right. Well, I appreciate you for, you for choosing me. I appreciate you for choosing me. What? <laughs> That is some totally <laughs> antithetical to my conception. I know, right? Yeah, that generation was not yeah, on that page. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you know, that uh, the, the yeah. parents of the '70s, you know what I mean? To to my experience, it was interesting because part of it was go with the flow. <laughs> Everything was, you right. know, George Clinton in Parliament was very. <laughs> Uh, uh, prevalent, you know, you know, uh, okay. free your mind and and your A behind, and follow, you know that type okay. of thing. Okay. So you know there were, Absolutely. and then in looking at the paradigm from their parents from virtually mm. basically the oh, sixties, yeah. I mean the fifties and the sixties, yeah. and the the sternness. Yes, but to understand where their parents came from mm -hmm. in terms of the parents of the 50s and the 60s were children during the 30s and the 40s, okay. which meant we were at a state where in a lot of times, and see, particularly being, um, though we're in, you know, mm -hmm. Chicago, a major urban city, most of the people who, or definitely for black people anyway, who are here now, or whose parents got here, 
uh, during the 50s and the 60s came from, right, right, during the Great Migration, they came from the rural South. Yeah, because Granny used to say, we're just country folk raising city kids. I used to crack up when she would say that. Man, yeah. (laughs) You know, somebody raising kids in the 30s and 40s in the rural South, you know, the type of pressure they were under. A different universe. Yeah, that's a whole other. They couldn't come to the city and become lax right because they understood that oh yeah Dangerous. your behavior yes. could you know directly impact your well-being sure. on a on a you know on a vital level right. so right. you know it, it became progressively i think a little little easier and then by the 70s our parents was like hey it's cool right. you know yep. it's it's all good you know but some still had those lessons that they learned as like, yeah, I'm cool with you, but right. understand <laughs> right. that I am the, you know, right. the supreme Indeed. in this right. situation. I get the big piece of chicken. Exactly. Right. 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 And, it, right. and that was, I yes, had no problem no with that. Problem. It's right. like, you you clearly have deserved a big right. piece of That's chicken. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> have at it. I want you to have it. Right. You know what I mean? Because you having the big piece of chicken will mean that you a lot more mellow. So Indeed. yeah, yeah. I mean, Indeed. you know, make sure Indeed. that the big exactly. piece of chicken is reserved Indeed. for you know, you know, uh, for El Jefe. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's what's powerful about what I heard you say there too, and it makes me think about what you had said earlier too, cause um, in a previous uh, clip about the the distinctions between love and fear. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it makes me think about that juxtaposing the great migration, that period, mm-hmm. our parents yeah. having gone through that traverse coming here. They can't mm-hmm. be lax. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like in practice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from my lenses, being from the trailer parks, you know, mm-hmm. second row, I ain't gonna tell you what lot. <laughs> right? But but from, from the from the neighborhood. Oh absolutely. From the neighborhood. Oh man, listen, proud of it because it was so much love. I never yeah. felt impoverished because my people didn't have a, a poverty mindset. Yeah, not yeah. not from that place. So much yeah. love was present that I felt we were rich. Yeah, we experienced you know what I mean? some of that too. And on the west side, yeah. you know, absolutely. it was absolutely. It was the hood. It but, was yes. But Trust it was it was just the black for us. It was like just it didn't a, you know, it was But everybody we knew lived like that. Right. So it was it was normal. See, you know, I was talking about you had to, to come in when the street lights came on. Oh, That's yeah. why I was going. Yeah, Because at the end yeah. of the day, when the yeah. lights come on, you better be in here because of the fear yeah, of what may hood. happen to you. Now we weren't yeah. right. surround we had neighborhoods around us, yeah. racial tensions yeah. and whatnot, but the fear wasn't of others. Right. It was fear of the the yeah, others yeah, within the culture yeah, of absolutely. how you might be corrupted or manipulated yeah. or influenced to do something, yeah. you know, contrary to what our hope was for you. But yeah. I think I hear a lot of stuff in that. Yeah. But I just wanted before you went there, I wanted to say because I know it's universal. Mm-hmm. But when when your streetlights came on, oh, yeah. folks was racing home, yeah. and it just made me think about again why mm. the motive of fear that 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 was maybe placed there. Yeah. They thought maybe as a form of protection. From that danger? Well, I think it's really interesting that you frame it that way because I was in a different neighborhood. And Mm. so, yeah, we had to be home by the streetlights by the time the streetlights came on. But I never, ever associated that with a protective thing. It was just, okay, it's it's nighttime. Now it's time for folks to have dinner, take baths, go to bed, you know, get up, go to school in the morning or whatever. And if it was summer, we're just going to go right back out first thing in the morning. We'll be out all, you know, running around. With the rest of the crazy okay. kids in the country, right, <laughs> you know, right, we did right, the coolest right. stuff and we were on our bikes all day and, yeah. you know, yeah. and my kids got a little bit of that, but yeah. there's, there's entire generations now that'll never know that kind of stuff, yeah. but it is, but you're right. And there may have been the basis of it. I wasn't understanding that at the time sure. and maybe mm-hmm. you were more aware of it. Mm-hmm. And then I also talked to, um, you know, my cousins sometimes because I was the only girl for so long mm-hmm. amongst the group because all of them were boys. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they might have had a different understanding, but I was mm-hmm. always safe and secure because I was sure. always surrounded sure. by this gang right, of, right, you right. know, yeah. cousins. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And it wasn't nothing going to happen to me. Right. You know? yes. no, <laughs> so no doubt. It was no great. Doubt. Um, yeah. So it, yeah. It, it's just, it's really cool to, to understand that. Yeah. But it also helps 
to define the different contexts, right? Yes, indeed. That we were that we came up in, even though we were having similar experiences, indeed. your relationship to those experiences right. is different, and That's so right. we're bringing that to the Absolutely. table. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so fear, fear, fear can be used. It, it's helpful when it has to do with survival and instinct sure. and keeping mm -hmm. us safe from you know right. external or physical dangers right. yes it is a powerful um innate tool and mechanism to trigger that that fight or flight sure. instinct mm -hmm. however when it's used in other contexts as a means of manipulation or control yeah. then it becomes something else totally then, agree. then it's it doesn't serve anyone well um not the controller or the controller no it, it mm -hmm. harms both yeah, you know um it, it's a it's a really interesting thing and you see now you're gonna make me look up my uh <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> with my uh ecological relationship <laughs> uh sure. dynamics because um when i was in ecology i took an ecology uh um course some years ago in school and it was really cool because that's where I learned in nature there are five types of relationships um, economic um, five types of types of ecological relationships and some of them are mutually beneficial to the organisms interacting and others are not mm -hmm. and so like um, parasitism is a relationship in which one organism benefits and the other organism is harmed mm -hmm. or sometimes killed. Sure. You know, that's a harm. Similarly to the corona. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and there are other types of, you know, relationships. So it's really an interesting, um, it's an interesting concept to, yeah. to focus on. So anyway, but yeah, love and fear are, are, are a big thing what I have found over my experience of time and my understanding of how all this stuff works is that what we often call love is really just fear. Mm -hmm. We're just calling it, right. you know, oh, I need you to, I need you to call me, you know, like my son was asking me, you know, well, do you want us to call you more often? No, because I don't have anything to talk to you about all of, you know, all the time. Because those are going to be short conversations. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then if you're feeling obligated, mm -hmm. then I'm going to be feeling some kind of way about that. Did right. you call because you really wanted that's to talk right. to me? Or because right. you just, because right. I told you to call on that's Wednesdays really at 5 o'clock. Like, that's I do really not good. want that under right. any circumstances. Right. You right. know, right. that's not going to be fun for either of us. Because I so magnify that point. <laughs> I mean, for real, because, yeah. you know, I've I'm, I'm from a divorce situation mm -hmm. and my children <clears throat> um, and I uh, my girls specifically we, you know we we love each other passionately and have been separated for some time but I went through a span where you know I call the phone the phone mm -hmm. you know would just ring go to voicemail um, and wouldn't get a call back you uh -huh. know, I'm like wait a minute you know, and so then I wanted to impose yeah. uh, uh, the the the, the love that that, <laughs> that the, the, the the fear disguised as love. Right. I right. wanted to uh, um, put put some control protocols in place. I'm daddy. Yeah. You know, yeah. you you're gonna go three days and not, not call your dad? Oh yeah. I, I called you such and such, and so now I want to guilt trip you on how many times I've called and you didn't respond. <laughs> And right. they, you know, could be working, could be in school, right. you know, could be relating and doing whatever they're doing. Right. But I cannot wrap my mind around the fact that I haven't heard from you in days. And so I started to want to put in place mm. a schedule, mm. you know, something that would allow me to hear from you. But then I thought about it. How ridiculous is that? Yeah. You know, to want you to religiously show up every Sunday mm. like we used to in some cases mm -hmm. and, and, and never have the real relationship that you see. Yes. So I'm more passionate about the relationship than I am, you know, you doing it out of obligation. So right. that's, that's a powerful point. Yeah, because unconditional love has no... Condition. Condition. None whatsoever. <laughs> it doesn't... It does say that in the word, right? right. Unconditional love. <laughs> how, how do we right. say that and still attach all these conditions? Well, and there are no expectations in unconditional love. You keep on adding stuff. I'm, I'm saying, how? So, right? so now, now, I ain't, now I can't have no expectations. No. I can't have no conditions. And this is all love? But see, you have, so the expect, let's just talk about expectations. Okay. Because expectations lead to obligations, right? 
one thing feeds the other. So mm -hmm. to not have an expectation means you are allowing what is to be, mm -hmm. and you are not inserting a set of conditions upon that thing. So case in point, um, and, and oh, I, I don't even want to know if I, I don't know if I want to go there with go the ahead. details. Okay, but do, do what um, you feel. how about this? The way I had experienced love in my family, and somebody keeps trying to say, well, is your love language this? Okay, I haven't read that book, so I really can't speak to that system. <laughs> right, right. But it sounds okay, but at the same time, it's it also sounds like you're putting me in a box. And maybe under these conditions, my love language is one thing, but under other conditions, it's something. You know what I'm sure, saying? Like, sure. I, I would like to be more fluid. Right, right, <laughs> and right. my expression of it is, is may change over time and Absolutely. with details of experience. But, um, you know, in our family, and, and I speak to, you know, uh, G over here, what we have experienced kind of unconditionally throughout the, our family growing up is no one is ever going to call you and say, hey, you haven't called me in a month, or I need to talk to you, or when are you coming over? Now, they might call and say, when are you coming over here? But what we also understand with that statement is, I miss you. I would like to see you. Sure. It would be nice that we get together soon. Sure. It's never, or at least I don't experience, and I don't want to speak for him, but it's never a, oh, you have to do this for right. me to feel loved right. and for you to know that I feel loved by you. Right. It's never an interpretation of something like that. Not to have an expectation means I am allowing of whatever I'm receiving and you know if it needs to be different i may say something but there's no um there's no rule in place right. and and let me explain it like this allowing is a is a it's a powerful thing mm -hmm. because in allowing we are open to receive when you expect you're restricting your flow of supply for whatever it is you're saying it has to look like this it's got to be blue it's got to come down that street it's got to you good. know show up in this way that's good and when i'm when i release all expectation i'm open and receptive to it however it comes however whenever it comes, it comes and i'm gonna have the same response it's like I, I i'll never forget running into my dad in the grocery store one time and first of all i it was a it was i i don't know if he was working i don't i can't remember it might have been when I was still working night shift. I used to work this job where I worked 3 to 11. So it might have been late. And I'm in the grocery store and I'm past, I'm walking past a couple of aisles and I look up the aisle and I see him standing in the aisle looking at something. And just as I walk by, he looks up at me, but I was already almost past the aisle. And so I, I had to stop myself, take a couple of steps back and look down the aisle. I'm like, hey. You know, and you would have thought we were like best friends right. meeting up in the middle of the grocery store. Right, right. But this was my dad. Yeah, and I was just yeah. super happy to see him. Sure. And it was such a random encounter because sure. I never ran into him like that. Okay. And it was like, hey, you know, right. and, but I can't ever remember not ever being happy to see my dad. Gotcha. Because mm. he's my dad and I'm just always going to be happy to see him. Sure, sure. I can't even remember. I can't even think of a set of conditions that would constitute if I ran into any one of my family members. I don't care what was going on. I, I've never had a, a disagreement with anyone to such an extent that I would not be very happy to receive them if I encountered them. Okay. So even if it's a call, even if it's a text message, even if they, you know, oh, she's going to call me about this. I know she, I know what she wants already. You know what I'm saying? Even right. if you're, you're looking at the message coming in or the call coming in and you already know, I'm still happy to have that interaction just because I love and it feels good to love. Right. Um, and it also feels good to encounter someone who evokes that from me. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the most powerful things I ever learned about love was from a book by Deepak Chopra. And he was explaining that, you know, everybody likes to be in love. We get in, we fall, we get enthralled with this feeling of being in love. It's euphoric and everything looks great and life is beautiful. But do you understand that when you're in that state, it's not because you're getting love. It's because you are flowing love out. The feeling of actually being in love is the state of flowing love to someone else. 
it's not love that's coming into you. We interpret it as love coming in, but it's actually love that's going out. Mm -hmm. It's love that's flowing out of you. Yeah, yeah it's you lining up with the version of you who is loving. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That is absolutely powerful. Absolutely that changes powerful. everything. It's like wow. I mean, it actually harmonizes again with the wisdom. And when you say it, I think about it's more blessed to give than to receive. And yes. if the focus is always yeah. on what I'm going to get, what I'm going right. to get. But if you're really in that space and your expression, you know, you understand that the real gain is in the gift, yes. the giving of it. The ability to tune into it so that you have it to give. Indeed, indeed. That's where the magic is. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where your point of power think, is. I think the point of expectation, mm -hmm. particularly from others, is usually the the lack of of fulfillment within self. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times in, the, in in these relationship dynamics, we need for other people to communicate with us because we don't feel complete within ourselves. Right. That's a good point. Meaning that the, the, the communication is not free-flowing or, mm -hmm. uh, or of free will, I should say, <laughs> because we have an expectation because in order for me to feel complete, I need you to validate or to add to my completeness. Mm -hmm. So... If I'm complete within myself, that doesn't negate my relationship or my symbiotic relationship with another. Mm -hmm. That just means that my state of being to myself is contentment. It's mm -hmm. contentment. The the relating with the the other person is is extra. Right. And typically <laughs> because I'm because I'm complete within myself. Usually, that's the point we just made. The loving is really me. Now I'm ready to feel it. You know, I'm ready to flow it to you. Right. right. You right. know I what I mean? Flow it to you. Right. You know, exactly. hey, you know, you. I'm cool. I can share yeah. it. Right. Like, I'm cool, but I need something. You know, I need. Hey, what's going on? I need. Right. To, I need right. to. I'm so full. I need to give right. you something. That's, what's going on with that? You know huge. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? That's huge, cause. Yeah. You know, instead of. The, the other dynamic is us not feeling fulfilled and yeah. not being so full and I thinking see. that we're at a state where it's like, man, <laughs> why won't nobody love me? Why won't nobody uh, flow right. to me? I can, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then in those times, it's really when you need to be looking inward. Yes. Okay. Okay, what's going on with mm -hmm. me? Because... Whatever other people are doing or whatever of my yeah. other interactions are, I still need to be complete within myself. Yeah. So what am I lacking, yeah. you know, personally yeah. that I can work on? Mm. Because how other people feel, I can't control. Right. But I need to put something in there that's going to fill that space up. Or, you know, I, either I need to put something in or draw something out mm. to fill those spaces up yeah. so I don't have that. Right. That need or that necessity to have to, you know what I mean, attach myself to this person or that person right. or, you know what I mean? Yeah, so so that's so huge, man. You make me yeah. want to stand up. Um, I know, like, I got a whole bunch to say to that. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to go hard because I want to give you some space in that too. But I think about that. I'm glad you went back to the expectation and to talk about the overflowing or the being filled. To me, that speaks to the, ne the necessity of self-care, yeah. making sure that you are in tune or attuned. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, the last part you're really dealing with, um, you know, people, how they see themselves. And then I hear this term, and I, this is why I wanted to jump in before you. Yes, yes, yes. Because as a metaphysician, I'm sure you can take me you and know, <laughs> knock this out the park. My question, because whenever I, I hear people talk about going within, mm -hmm. going within, right? Mm -hmm. If I am feeling inadequate, mm -hmm. feeling incomplete, feeling like I'm not enough, mm -hmm. now you're telling me to turn my attention within. Mm -hmm. Because society has convinced me that my answers and solutions are without. Mm -hmm. right. So now, 
where am I looking? <laughs> what am I looking at? Mm. Right? Specifically, right? So the, it, I hear the statement repeatedly. Mm -hmm. But, and, and, and I really want to, um, after Cuz goes at this, mm -hmm. I would love to maybe uh, speak a little bit to some mental health. And not heavily, yeah. but, but as it pertains to, because this morning I heard uh, one of the brothers uh, who was in the playoffs last night talking about how, I guess, he had been out of sync and mm -hmm. wasn't playing up to his full potential. Mm -hmm. And they were asking him questions. And, and when you listen to the interview, he's basically saying that he had checked out. He showed up, mm -hmm. but he had checked out. And because he's in this bubble, mm -hmm. you know, he began to talk about the challenges of his environment that had him distracted, mm -hmm. right? And then there were some others that had offered some something. He didn't say specifically what their words were, mm -hmm. but at some point, he seemed to be reminded mm -hmm. of who he was, yep. right? And I heard his coach uh, going on and on. He needs to shoot more. Yeah. He's not shooting enough. Yeah. He's This dude is a shooter. Yeah. So he his behavior was different, mm -hmm. but he was behaving from a place because he had checked out of identity. He forgot mm -hmm. who he was. So when you had yeah. talked about fear being love that forgot, Fear is love that has forgotten it is love. It is forgotten that it's so I see this brother as, as as the essence of love who's forgotten who he is. So now he's 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 clung to this attitude of, of inadequacy. So I just wanted to toss that back to you because yeah. because I know a lot of times we talk about going within. Yeah. I don't want to presume everybody understands that. I've not that always means. understood it myself. Yeah. But how do you do that? Okay. Well let me just say first say if you don't go within, you go without. Okay. T-shirt available. <laughs> oh my goodness, cuz. In Hold two on. to four weeks, Hold you'll on. be able to get we, that on we, t -shirt. That's got to be one of our shirts right there. That, hold on. We're going to probably need a list of we quotables. Right. You know what I mean? And just start right creating shirts and hats. Don't ever forget. And if that is yours, right? And, um, and I think, I want to say I got that from Jandra Seriously, some of these books I've read so long that's ago, I can't remember who said it, but it, it is a powerful oh, so statement. They can't trademark that. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> if you don't go within, you go without. So powerful. Absolutely. Because you first have to assume that you don't have it to begin with. Mm. And, I, and to your point that, um, mm. you know, when people mm. are feeling empty, I, I'm, I'm really into reframing the statements we make to ourselves. Talk about you it. know, when you make a claim, know that you have made a decision. Yes. That's Paul Selig and the guys. I love it. But, um, and I'll, I'll say that more slowly so people can get it. Paul Selig, S-E-L-I-G, and the guys. Yep. <laughs> There's a whole list of books. You put it on the t-shirt you just yes, made. You can powerful just put, stuff. You can attribute it to him. It's just <laughs> exactly. But but seriously, when you when you make a claim, know that you have made a decision. And we make claims to ourselves all the time. That's so true. I can't do this. I'm always late. I don't I don't ever get it. It, it never I comes. I got it. Right, you right. I got it. I'm you know, or you just immediately go to a stream of consciousness yes. that's on script. Yes. So it's it's always queued up and you're that's just right. hitting the replay that's button on real. your internal dialogue. You have the ability to change that. They are thoughts and they can always be changed. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing is to understand what you're really saying when you're saying this thing that you just claimed. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Nobody loves me. Okay, well. Is that really a statement of is that a statement of fact, or is that a statement of, you know, feeling? I I would like some attention now, you know, filled intention. Like, what are we really saying? Have yeah. you ever not ever loved? I mean, I can I can show you some people on the national political stage right now who have never accessed love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not gonna name any names, sure. but I will. We know what that looks like in the right, world. Right. And mm -hmm. most people have somewhere in their life that has mm -hmm. been a source of love. Even if it's mm -hmm. a pet, Absolutely. it is still a source of unconditional love directed at you. Don't ever mm -hmm. estimate the power of your focus yeah. or the focus of others on you. Yeah. And the reason that we would maybe behave in such a way or think down that line of thought is because we are looking for focus. I always say, um, and, and again, I learned this somewhere as well, that all attack is a cry for help. 
you know so when people are acting out when they're um, um, expressing um, violently or whatever it's it's a cry for help it's like I need greater mm -hmm. balance here I need some unconditional focus here sure. I'm looking for more love because right. this situation doesn't have much right. Right. that I have access to right sure. now sure. Um, so it, as far as how and I've been sharing this a lot lately and it's it's funny that you bring it up now there's no way to get around this practice first learn learn what it is you need to understand what is it you're really dealing with what are we really talking about what's your base assumption is your base assumption that there's not enough because that's a powerful assumption we live in a, a society that has its very basis in scarcity consciousness which is a lie it's mm -hmm. one of the best lies ever sold right but it's it's still ultimately not true and so you want to make sure that you're qualifying what it is you're saying appropriately right. you know I like to first reorient myself if I'm encountering something and I'm trying to think of like like I guess I'll take it back to the situation with my son it wasn't a huge thing um, as far as oh I got this underlying belief that I need to dig up to <laughs> figure out what it is because I don't like that whole idea of digging up anything but um, I had to I wasn't feeling good after the the interaction and yeah. so I had to examine myself wait a minute what just happened here okay this is what physically happened he said blah blah and I said blah 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 so but I'm not feeling good about that interaction which means somewhere I lost the love there so what would love what is the perspective based in love if the fear-based response was I need you to call me when you come to town or something right. what's what's what is the love based version of that like, right. because that's the part that I don't want and that's based in something that's ultimately not true anyway because it's not respecting our natures as love-based beings okay one other thing is understanding that fear disrespects everything including itself so if you reframe something that you're experiencing like my conversation with my son I was like wait a minute I responded to him out of fear and therefore I disrespected him by saying what I said and I disrespected myself by taking that position how can I respect us better what would that look like and it looked like you know I don't want you to think that I don't trust you because it's not true I'll always trust you right. I know who you are I've seen you at work I have faith in your intelligence and your ability to care for yourself, you know, and and he's he's he has a right to figure things out and make his own mistakes. Mm -hmm. I don't get to dictate that. Mm -hmm. I certainly learn the hard way enough on my own right. <laughs> with people wanting to be in my way, but sure. me not letting them be in my way and yeah. make no mistake. People are going to do what they're going to do right. Right. and they're mm -hmm. going to get the experience the way they choose to get the experience. But when someone is down, they really want to feel that self-empowerment. Sure. They want that journey. They want to they wanna know that they have it in them to pull themselves up. No one wants, I used to say, no one wants the person lying on their doorstep. No one wants someone who's depending on you for their happiness. Right, right. And Absolutely. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. once you put it outside of yourself, then you have no control. You have no power. You have no ability to ever improve your circumstances. Yeah. You are always going to be looking outside yourself for that. So if you don't go within, you go without. You go without the wholeness. You go without the help. You go without the unconditional love. Yeah. You go without the self-sovereignty. Yeah. You go without the, the power that you are. Yep. You go without your own magic. And it's just not natural. It doesn't even feel good. Yeah, yeah. I think honesty is a is a good place to start. Mm. You know, being honest about <laughs> what is and what's not. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> to say, well, you know, why won't anybody love me, or why am I not, or why don't I have, or you have to be honest about one. What is your situation? Right. Is it true when you say that nobody will? We, I, does that really? Is it, is it really indicative of your situation? Right. Or is it just the, the lie, the comfortable mm -hmm. lie that you tell yourself? Because mm. 
again, you know this, John, from studying neuroscience. Yes, the, the brain loves patterns That's and right. completion. That's yes. Right. Which means you hmm. hear somebody else say, oh, nobody loves me. Mm-hmm. And somebody that you think loves you right. doesn't treat you quite that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So your brain says, ah, I'm just like you. Nobody loves me either. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's not true. Right, right. And right, you right. know it's not true. Right, right, right. This person that you think didn't love you enough actually loves you, but what you were asking of them was more self-indulgent than they were willing to accept <laughs> at that point. Right. Again, being honest, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The honesty then leads to questions. Yes. Okay, well, if this is the truth, if I'm saying this and it's not true, why am I saying this? Where That's is great. this coming from? That's great. Is this actually the situation or am I over, am I just exaggerating? Right, right, right. And if I'm exaggerating, why am I exaggerating? Maybe right. it's because I'm watching too much television right. or I'm listening to too many outward sources that mm-hmm. are bombarding my brain sure. with suggestions. Mm-hmm. And we take so many suggestions <laughs> to heart. Yes. We take other people's manifestations in their realities mm-hmm. to heart. That's right. We take uh, the latest hashtag mm-hmm. to heart. Right. Ooh, okay, you were touching on something really valuable, and what? And every time you're saying we take it to heart, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm, it's triggering a. We go into agreement with. We go right. into agreement with. Well, yeah, that's that's yes. that's that's, def- that's definitely. Yep. Yeah. We 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 acquiesce to it, and yep. that now it becomes our mantra, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, you know, people who know you are like, kind of like, what, what are right. you talking about? Right. I used, I'll give you a prime example. Uh, in one of my past relationships, or in, in, you know, I run into this a lot. Um, nobody ever helps me. When something goes wrong uh, in their life, right. and there's a situation where the people who would normally help or who said that they would help can't help. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, you just got to go it alone. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm in this situation and nobody ever helps me. Mm. Now, this is a person, which probably happens to most people, that I had helped on so many numerous occasions and I was <laughs> almost flabbergasted and offended. Like, what did you say? Right. right. And this is, I love this part. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> But you, you just, just said nobody. Everybody. You <laughs> just said nobody ever <laughs> helps me. Right. And you talking right. to a person yeah. that helps you with regularity. Yeah. Right, right. It's so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. Yes, uh, yes sir. And it's again, it's a lie yes, mm-hmm. that you telling yourself because mm. it sounds good. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. soothing right. to put yourself in that self-pity mode. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. We all do it. You know what I mean? We yeah. try to, you know what I mean? to dissuade ourselves from it, but we fall into these things because it's comfortable. Yes. It's, it's, it's in our wheelhouse. That's We know that one. Yep. We know that one, you know what I mean, backwards and forwards. We got that on, on repeat. Mm. You yes, know, yes, That's sir. ready to go. Like, Indeed. oh, nobody helps Indeed. me. Right? Yeah. Right? Nobody yeah. helps me. That's nobody right. loves me. You That's know right. what I'm saying? Nobody's looking out for me. Right. Nobody, you know, whatever the situation is, there's always a nobody situation right. to it. When that in actuality, that's not that's not a fact. That's right. right. Can I drop this nugget real quick Please. on that note? Since right we're here. talking about this being honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. so there are five levels of truth telling. Okay. Okay. The first level is when you tell the truth to yourself about yourself. Okay. Most people can't that's get out of that one. box. <laughs> that's a hard one. <laughs> right. That and that's, that's coming out of the one. gate. So that one, I don't know that many people do that enough <laughs> yeah. or that's ever. number one. Number one. That's huge. Go to number two. Right, right, right. right. Absolutely. The second level is when you tell the truth to yourself about another. So how honest are you being with what you're witnessing in Mm. another? Yeah. The third level is Mm. when you tell the truth about yourself to another. Mm. So how truthfully do you present to others? That's that's, that's, that's a lot right there. Like, I mean, one, two, three. Number four is when you tell the truth about another to that other. So when when you're witnessing something and you have to acknowledge, hey, I know you're saying this, but... That's not what you do. That's not exactly what I see. Right, 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 right. (laughs) And then the fifth level is when you tell the truth to everyone about everything. That's the that's the ultimate when you can that's freedom. 
that's that's rare air right there well <laughs> that's where we're going though you know i, I keep that. i keep telling people evolution is in progress we at and it's a one-way street we don't devolve you can't learn this stuff and then go back to not knowing yeah it doesn't work yeah. and it hurts in the matrix. if you try yeah, no <laughs> i don't recommend you can't it. fall back <laughs> in the matrix <laughs> exactly you're outside it's yeah. okay now yeah there's yeah. no pill for that it's real yeah. to get you out but not when to get mm -hmm. back in so that's good. You know, and it's it's really I'm, awesome. I'm going to need to write those five down again. I wasn't taking notes. I'll send you the graphic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. That's good stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, the, it's, it's powerful <laughs> stuff. But the truth you tell yourself about yourself. Yeah. And when you are, when you can give yourself permission to witness the truth of yourself, then you start to notice things. You will hear your own dialogue. And this is, so you were asking me, how do I yeah. change this? Yeah. How do I um, how do I go within? What yeah. does that look like? Yeah. That looks like questions. That looks like catching yourself in the act. That looks like looking at the themes, examining the themes that you have manifested in right. your life and go, whoa, right. where did I have to be in order to get that there result? You there you go. You know, who did I have to become? It, who do I have to become now to get, to get a new a result? result. Right. Absolutely. Because if I got that, because I, my low self-esteem demands that I have mm -hmm. people who are going to uh, uh, manipulate me all right. the time because right. that's what low self-esteem decisions get you. How mm -hmm. can I honor myself more in my decisions? And it's not about going and giving everybody a list of your boundaries and saying, mm -hmm. you know, I got to have it this way. You can only talk. No, it's like when you see, first of all, you cannot have a change in experience without a change in consciousness. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a fundamental fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you know better, you do better. <laughs> All Einstein day long. says that no problem can be solved by the same consciousness that created it. Precisely. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I love how Abraham says, you know, when you're stuck in a question, you're not even open to receive. That's a different frequency. Mm -hmm. You have to turn the other cheek. Mm -hmm to get that answer. So you asking that question because you're faced with the contrast. You're in the middle of the mud mm -hmm. and you don't know what the other version of that looks like right. because you're not yet resonant with it. You have to actually then become solution focused, very interested and invested in wanting improvement mm -hmm. before improvement can come. Yeah. But if you just want some okay. lovely, you know, um, rhetoric, rhetoric, right? <laughs> if you just want some lovely slogans and to put some stuff on your social media page to make it look like you're looking yeah. for solutions <laughs> right. and you're really just looking to reset your whole set of circumstances you know if you can you, you can't get something different if you don't change I, I'll never ever forget my very first metaphysical book I got this when I was like 19 so it took me like a month to figure out what the heck this meant Cause I and then I didn't have a whole lot of people. What was the first book? I'm so excited <laughs> to hear you tell me that part. <laughs> the first book was um, "Key to Yourself" by mm. Venice Bloodworth. Okay. Um, I may have a copy of it. I don't know if I still Bring have it. Bring it to the next session, please. Yeah. If I <laughs> if you don't, do. I'll if send not, I'll you a um. I, because we had the fire, so I released most of my goods because I was just I could not take. All that asbestos with me. Okay. <laughs> so there was there were problems with yeah. recovering my goods. I got you. Um, so most of it I had to relinquish, which was which was highly liberating. By the way, we, we need to have a podcast on just oh my talking about liberating the stuff self. Go, right? Yes, yeah. releasing attachments. Mm -hmm. Yes, living in the in un, the you know non attachment to stuff and yeah. investment in ideas and and things is. It's everything. Yeah, it'll change yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, but the statement was: if you don't like where you are, you must change what you are. And it took me a long time to associate what the where and the what had. I'm like, those are two different. Like, mm -hmm. right. what is a That's where? A Wait, what? Yeah, yeah like <laughs> right, right. Like the statement right. even sounded strange to me right. when I, re I remember reading it, going. Did they use this? Is this a typo? Right. You know? <laughs> that ain't what y'all mean. <laughs> but but after, after a while, it came to me that, oh my goodness, it means if you don't like where you are, you have to change what you are to get a different result because what you're being, your beingness precedes experience. This is ultimately what I learned through this statement hmm. is that what is it that I have to be to have the experiences that I want? 
-hmm. You know, we were talking about abundance earlier. What do I have to be to really summon it forth? I first have to be open and receptive. I got to be expecting that it's working out. I have to be not focused on the fact that it's not there right now. Because if I'm focused on not having, all I can create is more experience of not having. Don't ever underestimate the power of your focus. Yeah. Whether it's on ideas or people. Yeah. Because what I often find is that people often seek me out for the power of my focus. I can focus on you unconditionally and love you and see this amazing version of you. Mm -hmm. And as I hold that resonance, you start to believe it too. But it's not me doing it for you. I can only do it for myself. I cannot assert into, I cannot create in your experience. I cannot assert into your experience. Yeah. But I can demonstrate and hold the line and show you what that frequency feels like, looks like, how it moves, how it speaks, how it breathes, how it eats, how it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How it dances, mm -hmm. how it flows. And that's what we're doing here. Yeah. We're demonstrating, this is what community looks like. This is what family looks like. Mm -hmm. This is what people coming together from different, you know, very different avenues mm -hmm. of exploration yeah. and converging yeah. at a point of commonality That's right. to realize mm -hmm. the ultimate truth is that love is really all that there is. That's the goal. That's right. That is unconditional love. Unconditional right. love. No condition. I let you be you all day. I'm not yeah. sitting here going, no, you didn't say that right. right. <laughs> you got to read this <laughs> right. book. Right. You're, no, what right. you know. Right. I want you to use your That's words. Right. They're yours. That's right. Someone needs to hear them because you came to that conclusion. That's so good. I heard a gentleman say not long ago that I love you in your unfolding. Yes. <sighs> I love that that kind of that was that was so refreshing. Like I, I, I never saw, and he wasn't talking to me, of course. Let me clarify. Yeah, this right, is an right. interview yeah, yeah. he was doing. Listen, listen. I know that I don't Is that brother from uh, Facet of the Jewel? Is that he on? Uh, but it's all good. You know, grace and peace to everybody. My point though is understanding that 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 we are unfolding. Yes. You talked about evolution and yeah. how this thing is one a one directional yes. you know journey and it makes me think of individuals who are constantly reaching back for the familiar. Oh you know, my goodness. like I love knowing individual stories. Mm -hmm. I I probably a few years ago I thought that was the most important thing. Oh, no. Your story, right? Mm. But what I'm realizing the more I evolve <laughs> is that no, that's not your most important because you're not even your story. Right. You're not even that person anymore. Right. Not at all. Right. Right. I read a book recently that said um, uh, jo Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Yeah. And it talks about the intentionality that, that, that you really have to go into mm -hmm. uh, to make yourself aware of. The, the, what you talked about earlier as far as neuroscience, mm -hmm. the patterns of the brain and mm -hmm. how the brain, because it loves patterns, if you don't break that routine. Yeah. And then I think about the my master teacher from the, 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 the Christian perspective would mm -hmm. be the Christ who says, repent mm -hmm. for the kingdom is at hand. The idea behind repent means to have a change of mind, mm -hmm. right? To reconsider, yep. you know? And again, what am I reconsidering? Who you are, mm -hmm. right? Who your value is, and 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 not so much fixated on the forms, not so much fixated on the conditions and the fears that we have been conditioned to be attached to, or that yeah. have been attached to us, but really understanding love on a level that is that comes without conditions. I'm yeah. excited and because I feel like I'm 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 on that that path. Yeah, right we're gonna break it something. And and what you just said was really important because. We do invest in our own identity in those ideas yeah. and those histories and yeah. those stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah. And then we wear them as our mask Indeed. to the world Indeed. that this is who I am. Right. And it's, it has nothing to do with who you are. So limited, It may have informed who you were, but who are you now and who right. are you becoming? That's right. Because we are always in motion. We are always That's evolving. Right. If, if I could give people yeah. advice from my experience is something I say often because it's, it's, it's a shame, but a lot of people do it. You cannot live life in the rearview mirror. Mm. 
Oh, no. And, Ooh, that's good. You know, there are a lot yeah. of people that I, you know, are constantly looking back, yeah. you know, looking for old friends, people you used to be friends with, right. places you used to go, right. things you used to eat, things yep. you used to be able to wear. Right. Yeah. Um, just different things that used to be a part of your experience and your existence yep. that just no longer seem to fit. Right. right. And instead of embracing the fact that they no longer fit, you still keep trying to force old things back into your exist in your current and future existence. Right. Right. So acknowledge and be honest with yourself that the reason that they are no longer present is because they are not a part of your now or your future. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Love it. That is good stuff. Love it. All right, um, that is about all we have time for today. I love you guys so much. Oh, I love, love you back. Too. And That's thank right. you for and doing for. this with us. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Goodbye.